Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Android Central podcast. My name is Shruti Shaker. I'm a writer here at Android Central, of course. We didn't have a podcast last week because we took a little break and we were all really tired, but we're back this week. I have some of my favorite guests with me today, Jerry Hildenbrand. Hi, Jerry. Hey, what's up? How are you today? I'm here. <laughs> Good. We've got Derek Lee. Oh, God. Hi, Derek. Hi, Shruti. I'm so glad to be back. <laughs> and we've got, well, you've heard him before, but he recently became a full-time staff member at Android Central, and we are so freaking thrilled to have him back on the podcast, Andrew Myrick. Hi. What's up, guys? Okay, so we've got a jam-packed day of a lot of different topics. I like jam. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like jam too actually. It's really good with peanut butter. Oh man. <laughs> or right out of the jar with a spoon when your wife's oh, not God. looking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's start off with um a recent review that went up and this is why I wanted to bring Andrew on board because he wrote the Samsung Galaxy Tab S8 Ultra review. Uh if you hadn't had a chance to do so, make sure you go and read it. It's a fantastic and very comprehensive review, but there's there's so much in it. There's a lot of good and there's also a lot of things that are not so good. So, uh I'm I'm curious to first get your perspective Andrew um your overall thoughts on this massive tablet. It's really big. It's like the size of a, of a laptop screen, right? Yeah. I think like the screen measures in it, like 14.6 inches, which is pretty massive for a tablet. Um, it's like bordering on that surface kind of level. And I mm. think that's, it, and the more that I think about it, the more that I use it and write about it, it kind of feels like that's where Samsung's positioning this more, as like a surface competitor opposed to as opposed to the iPad. Yeah, totally. And one of the things that you mentioned in your article was um because of the large nature of it 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 works really well as like a second monitor. Uh and cuz you also used Dex, right? Um t- tell us a little bit about that experience. So yeah, so the second screen is something that Samsung released with alongside the Tab S8 line. It's always been possible with Android tablets and Windows. Um, but the second screen app makes it for makes for a more like fluid uh, interaction, and it makes it easier to connect, kind of like the Apple Sidecar stuff, but um, just a little bit different. And then with Dex mode, it's it's uh, it's Samsung's own on device like desktop like mm-hmm. similar kind of interface, but it's a mess most of the time. So what was it about the tablet that you didn't like? Because there there was quite a few things. I think one of them in particular that stood out to me when I was reading a review was, um, you know, if you try to use it on your on your lap, like, you know, placing it on on your lap and trying to use the keyboard, it just it, it wasn't really working out well. And you kind of have to be on a table to really use it well. Was that was the experience you had, right? Yeah. So the. It. I want to use it. I wanted to try and use it as like a laptop replacement. I picked up the the book cover keyboard, which is uh, three hundred and fifty dollars for a piece of plastic that <laughs> cannot sit on my lap without me pressing the trackpad. If because the, the keyboard flex like the the deck flexes, 
And if you put any amount of pressure on either side, the trackpad automatically clicks, making oh like rendering it practically useless. That's the that's, same it's shit. fantastic. I it's, just heard Jerry just freaking out for a second for that 350 price tag. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's freaking no ridiculous. Me. Yeah, no. <laughs> the, the tablet itself is already like hella expensive. So that's that's a no. But you know what? It the tablet's expensive, but you can say that the hardware inside justifies it. The screen on those tab S devices oh, is amazing. Oh yes. No, definitely. Like but, you know, definitely justifies but, it. But like But that you know, keyboard three hundred and fifty yeah. bucks. Yeah, Kiss no. My. Like I, I'm pretty sure Microsoft sells their keyboards for less than that, right? For the service? Um I I think so. Uh, I feel like they're I, like $150 for like a Surface keyboard. The only one that's $350 is the iPad Pro's Magic Keyboard, which is a million times better, in my opinion. <sighs> yeah, okay. So this was my thing. Um, I can't justify something like this. First of all, the, the fact that it's so big with that $350 price tag for a keyboard, it just, it, it just boggles my mind that you would need to pay for something this pricey but i guess my question is like who is this tablet targeted to definitely not me <laughs> like i i have a, i have a i have a surface pro here right now and i used whatever keyboard came with it that i didn't have to pay extra for um i i don't know like even that keyboard is like i need a new one and i'm like not i'm, I'm definitely not down to spend the 150 dollars to buy a new one so I, you know, yeah, but you cheap. I, I, you know, I kind of. <laughs> I, am, think, I think most people but I have are a cheap, reason though. to be cheap. Yeah, you know, well, <laughs> it, you're, it, it's good to be cheap when it comes oh, to yeah. three hundred fifty dollars no, keyboards. I'm definitely frugal, but yeah, when it comes to three hundred fifty dollars tab, like a keyboard, this obviously this is not meant for me. Um, no, and yeah, just like okay, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna I think circle. Samsung is just trying to. Samsung is definitely going the Apple route of like, oh, you're you're ba- you're basically paying for the name here, mm-hmm. um, and that's just not you know I, I. There's a reason I'm not an Apple person, and um, yep, I just I don't I don't know I don't like that Samsung's kind of going this route. Okay, so I'm going to circle this question back to to uh, Andrew because you know obviously you wrote the the review. Who do you think this? tablet is geared towards people like me who don't have any common sense to avoid these things <laughs> it is Samsung. honestly like hardware wise this is it's it's amazing i don't care like the notch you you don't notice it after a couple of hours if that mm-hmm. um but i'm also carrying an iphone so it doesn't bother me anyways but mm-hmm. in terms of like the keyboard you've got to only pretty much work you if you don't have a laptop and you don't like what options are out there, but you have other Samsung products, then that's probably who this is geared towards. But if you want an Android tablet, go check out Michael's review of the Tab S8 Plus because that's probably the best one to get right now. Yeah, that was a great review. And if you haven't checked it out, you should definitely do so. One thing I want to touch on before we um, move on, or maybe if you want to keep talking about this, we can is um, the big old elephant in the room, which you have clearly identified in your review, and that's the tablet apps on Android and how abysmal it is. Um, tell me, tell us about, about that experience. Android tablets don't work in windowed mode. And the, some, all right, 
let me rephrase. Most of them work fine, but there are apps that will not work. Just straight up won't work, and you'll get an error message if you try and open it if in, if it's in Dex mode. Um, also, Android apps on this almost 15 inch display is unless you're playing a game like Game Pass or I've been playing a game called Slay the Spire a lot. It looks it looks fantastic. Media consumption looks fantastic, but if you want to use Reddit or Twitter or anything like that, it it looks like it, it's so comical. It just looks awful if you're just in regular tablet mode. But it's the whole Chromebook problem. Exactly. And that's ultimately what it is. It this is a big Chromebook with Samsung's all of Samsung's uh extra tools and quote unquote features that you want to add. And without mm. a good web browser. Mm. That to me, that's the downgrade from a Chromebook. It doesn't even have a desktop web browser. Yep. And I it have, should. Yeah. Like I should be able to, I should not have my password. I shouldn't have to switch a password manager or switch from Dex to the standard Android UI just to copy and paste a password. Whereas in, if I have, if I'm using, you know, Chrome on a, on a Chromebook or any other computer in the world, I just have the one password extension and it just automatically slots right in, slots the password in when I, when I'm prompted for it. I hope, I hope that Samsung is developing a desktop style web browser because their web browser for Android is pretty good. Well, maybe, maybe the question is, um, will Android 12 L fix this problem? No, no. It, the, the, the problem has to be fixed by the people developing the apps. And it's that chicken and egg thing. Android tablets, they sell, but they they sell mostly the cheap ones. People that don't care, they just get it to watch Netflix or something. Uh, there's no incentive for developers to refine their apps for a tablet. And Google hasn't incentivized them with a little bit of cash like Microsoft and Apple. You Why know, do you think know Google do. hasn't incentivized it? Why do you think Google doesn't? It almost seems like they don't care. Like because why? Because they, they haven't they haven't cared until foldables. I see Google's side too. All the tools are there to make it fairly simple, but fairly simple from Google's point of view may not be fairly simple for somebody who develops apps for a living and has a whole bunch of other things going on, and and they don't necessarily have the time or inclination to go back and rebuild an old app. I get mm. it from both sides, but it's it's still a problem. It, it it sucks. Like I want to be able to use this the same way that I can use. You know, you can say what you want about iPads and iPad OS, but I can I'm still more productive with an iPad as opposed to this Tab S8 Ultra, even in Dex mode, which is my biggest want for iPad OS 16 is to get windowed mode. So I'm not locked to two to three windows. Yeah. But the the app experience has to get better. And it and Jerry's right. It does start with the developer. It's it's a chicken and egg thing, but Google's starting to make their push with 12L and, and 12L's integrated into 13 when it comes to larger form mm-hmm. factors. But then the developers need to get on board too, hopefully. Okay, let's let's take a step back for a second, because obviously, you know, it it's this conversation is interesting, but it also ties into the fact that what what is Apple doing right? 
Um, and I also want to go back to that conversation uh, that that Derek brought up, which was this this direction that Samsung's going in is very much of into the Apple direction. I want to kind of I want to talk about that as well. So so what what is Apple doing right? Well, Apple forces if you want your app to work on an iPad, you will do it this way or get out of my app store. <laughs> yep. I don't I don't want to say that's right because I kind of hate that too, but it's what was necessary and Apple did it. I, I would hate to see Google have to do that, but maybe they will. And they, they did the same thing again when they brought um when they opened the app store for the M1 chips. And the notch and, and Apple just tells you, look, you want to make money on our free app store? You'll do it this way or or GTFO. Okay, so if Google took that approach, would we lose developers? Maybe. There's not as much money to be made in Google Play as there is the App Store, so that's a possibility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Derek, do you want to talk about your thought process with that whole Samsung going in the direction of Apple? I just think, um, you know, and I think the main reason why I say that is because, I mean, Samsung is what, like, something like the biggest android developer like samsung like when you have that conversation of like oh are you android or ios it's usually do you have an iphone or a samsung Mm -hmm. like no one ever talks about any other phone because you know samsung is kind of the one that matters when it comes to android well it's also Uh, the largest android manufacturer right 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 exactly um and i think that samsung is definitely taking advantage of that position um you know when apple started raising their prices on their flagship phones, you know, Samsung started doing it. And now, you know, they're basically racing to the top to see who can neck make the most expensive with each phone. other. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty much, um, you know, and I, I, I definitely think that Samsung is trying to be the Apple of Android. Um, you know, and you see it with like the Galaxy Watch 4, um, which, you know, we'll talk about in a bit. Um, and just other Samsung products, like Samsung is trying to make it make it all its own. Um, obviously, it can't really do that to you know it can only do that up to an extent because you know the software is still Google's the hardware. A lot of it comes from uh, Qualcomm, um, so Samsung can only do so much. But um, I definitely see that Samsung is trying to be what Apple is. They're, they're not. They're not trying to be, in at least in my opinion, in the Android space, they are the Apple of Android. You've got the tablets, the watches. They do make their own chipsets with the Exynos processors. We just don't get them here in the States. And they partnered with Microsoft to do the computer stuff because they're not going to develop a desktop operating system. They're just partner, you know, they'll they pay Microsoft the X amount of money. Well. Oh, right. You know, definitely. And then, like, you look at, like, the PCs, you know, they have uh, what... Uh, one UI for the PC now for Samsung PCs. So everything is kind of like, you know, Samsung wants every, like their own Galaxy ecosystem to look, you know, pretty much the same across its devices. So yeah, no, I totally get that. There's definitely something missing there because you know that that interface is not as good as Apple's, which is why Samsung has not become. But it's better than what Google has. It's better than what Google has for sure, but it's still not Apple. Yeah, this this is the one time that I'm going to feel bad for Samsung here because the Galaxy Tab S series, if, if you're out there listening and you've never seen one, go to Best Buy or something. I hate Android tablets, but we have a Galaxy Tab S7 here. We haven't bought a new one, 
we keep it around the house because it's a beautiful piece of machinery. It is, I haven't tried a new iPad Air. I don't think there's going to be anything to change my mind, but I would rather have a Galaxy Tab S than an iPad when it comes to hardware and, you know, just how it looks and how it feels in your hands. You know, that's just me. Everybody can think differently. But then when you turn it on, Android is just lacking. And there isn't, Samsung can't just fix that. And that's that's sad that the device this good is held back by Google's lack of caring about tablets. Well, it looks like that caring needs to get better. I, like there was something that popped in my mind a couple of days ago, and it it's imagining the Tab S A any of them, any three of them, with Chrome OS instead of Android. Yeah, and it's just okay. Please sign me up for that now, and I <laughs> I will be more than willing to to use that more frequently than what I have now. I can definitely see that. Um, although as someone who has, you know, just recently owned a Chrome OS device um, and a fairly nice one too. Um, I don't know. I still don't care about that much either, to be honest. Well, Samsung is probably never going to switch their tablet to Chrome because they don't have any freedom when it comes to Chrome OS. The good parts about the Galaxy Tab S are Samsung's special sauce that they've baked in. Uh, if the S9, you know, the Tab S9 is basically a Chrome tablet, they can't put any of that special sauce in there. True, and I guess, you know, again, that's kind of what Samsung is doing with uh, with Windows, which is kind of surprising um, to put their own, like, uh, UI on Windows 11. Okay, good conversation. I like that. But I want to talk about something a little kind of maybe exciting. I don't know. It's, <laughs> is it exciting? What an Do intro. <laughs> <laughs> that segue was top notch. I mean, like, listen, okay. Smooth. The reason why I don't have much to say is because there's not much to say about nothing's first Android phone <laughs> that's going to come Carl Pay, this dog summer. and pony show. <laughs> It was a lot of nothing. That's oh, yeah, there was that's a sure. lot of nothing. Well, okay, so we know that um, uh, yesterday, actually, today's the twenty fourth. We're recording on Thursday. Yesterday, Carl Pay announced um, the first smartphone coming out of nothing during the <laughs> Truth event. <laughs> Why? Like, I just, I don't. Okay, anyways, coming so, out of nothing. Yeah, yeah. The device is going to be called the Nothing Phone 1. It's uh, slated to be released sometime this summer. Um, it's it's interesting. We, we did talk about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the phone is going to be, it's confirmed, going to be powered by Qualcomm's Snapdragon uh, mobile platform. It will run Nothing OS. Um, it uh, basically built on an open, seamless uh, ecosystem, quote unquote. Um, Carl Peja says that he has raised um, $144 million, built a team of over 300 people, uh, secured support from trusted partners like Qualcomm, um, and he's excited and ready to make one, uh, you know, the next smartphone out there. Uh, for those of you who may remember Carl Pay, guy who came up with OnePlus, kind of a big deal. Um Let's talk about this phone and all of the nothingness that came out of it. <laughs> what are your thoughts, guys? I don't know. I didn't learn anything. 
<laughs> a whole bunch of nothing. You, you you wrapped it all up, everything yeah. we know in that one sentence. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's there's guess, nothing there's look, nothing OS which look, here's the thing. Okay, here here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's nothing there, but I I very, very briefly, not that I didn't actually go in, into it fully, but um looked at an article where Carl Pay is basically saying look, this phone is going to target Apple. That's the company that we want to target. Um, and I, you know, we we had a conversation during one of our news meetings. I think, Derek, you were the one who brought this up, or I can't remember who it was, but um, the the fact that, well, OnePlus tried to do that with by creating an ecosystem and failed. Um, how, will, how will this even, how will it happen with this phone? And I, I guess that's my question. How... You know, we've seen OnePlus. It, it, it is. A, it's a beautiful. It's a successful phone company. There are many issues with it. Um, it's now tied into with Oppo. Um, is it possible that nothing can take a stab at Apple? Like I, I don't know. No. I, okay. I, I don't think so. Um, you know, it, yeah. And I kind of brought it up, like you know, OnePlus talked about before, and I think it was Carl Pay. Um, about wanting to create this ecosystem with OnePlus devices. And, you know, that's when they were kind of teasing the smartphone and, like, coming out with these TVs um, and, you know, kind of thinking about other devices. And we still haven't... I don't think we've gotten a tablet from them yet. Um, but... Uh, don't give many ideas. <laughs> oh, it's coming. Uh, I think... I'm pretty sure they already have that idea. But, um, you know, I, I, I feel like at this point, you know, what... Not what nothing may be trying to do is what Samsung is kind of already doing. Um, you know, we just talked about how Samsung already kind of has their Galaxy ecosystem. Um, you know, and OnePlus may not say that it's uh competing with Android or with OnePlus, but I really think that that's where the competition really is. Like, it's not with Apple at this point because Samsung is really the only company that has a chance against Apple. You know what would be really funny is if, because they were very specific about not mentioning what processor is going to be in this phone. I think it would be hilarious if the phone one was geared towards those Nokia phones, those super cheap <laughs> under $200 phones. Oh, don't get me well, started. Well, that would on make Nokia. sense. It would make sense. It would make a lot of sense. But oh, us, yeah. along with many others in our industry, have been like, Carl Pay is going to do OnePlus 2.0. And I don't really feel like this, he's, going to do it this time with with the nothing no. phone one i just don't i don't see it and there's no way there's no way in, in whatever expletive you want to use he's going to compete with apple there's just not it's not going to well, happen i think the only reason that they're even saying that we're going to take on apple is to get people like us to talk about it oh yeah mm. carl pay is the master of self-promotion and he's really <laughs> good at it and i'll give him credit mm -hmm. because yeah as much as you hate knowing that you're being manipulated, you, you let yourself be manipulated because he's just so good at it. And that's what the whole Apple thing is. Jerry, are you are you trying to tell me that I should not have picked this topic for today's podcast? No, no. This is it's 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 something that we have to talk about and Carl Pay knows it. Yeah. And I, I actually did take something away from from this um event that was scheduled at ten and then just randomly was delayed and then lasted for 15 minutes. Um, 
I learned that I now don't care anymore about the Nothing phone, and I'm going to get even more excited about that OV1 that's supposed to come out from the former um, Essential Engineers. Because I was hoping that the Nothing phone was going to be the OnePlus One again. Obviously not in that same sense, but I was really hoping that CarPlay was going to bring that magic to hardware. But after yesterday's announcement, if you want to call it that, I just, I don't think it's there. Okay, let's 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 talk about that for a second. You um <clears throat> you expressed something that I think I, I actually think a lot of people probably had that same sentiment. Um you hoped that this would be a OnePlus 2.0. You hoped that this would be something as exciting as that phone brand's introduction into the ecosystem of smartphones. Um do do we feel that that this is this that the the consensus around the room and across the industry like do we feel like a lot of people felt that way i mean i personally also like was hoping that this would kind of be like the one plus you know that that we all once knew um and i think that's what carl pay is trying to go for um and it's just not happening um and yeah i had that same idea andrew about like like this, you know, this could be the resurgence of like, you know, OnePlus, you know, or a new OnePlus in the same vein as, you know, the awesome OV1, you know, would be the resurgence of Essential. And honestly, at this point, I am I am also more excited for the OV1 than this nothing phone. And the thing about that, like they were upfront and said, hey, we know we were going to, you know, we know we told you guys that we're going to release the phone at this, like this time period, this time frame. And mm-hmm. then they said, nope, sorry, you know, we've talked to Qualcomm, we're going to push it back, but here's why we're pushing it back. It's not just, hey, let's have a 15-minute conversation and get all this hype and then show nothing but a home screen off. No, 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 no. Let's not give them that much credit. Because if they're going to sell it this summer, that's three months away. That phone's already built, getting put in boxes. He could have trotted it out there and showed it to everyone. If it's not already built and getting put in boxes, you're not seeing it until September. No, I was talking about the, the OV-1. Oh, okay. Then ignore me. I'll just go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, the, OV, the OV-1 they were supposed to release, I think it was at the end of last year, and they pushed it back and said, hey, we're going to delay it because it's going to yeah. probably come with whatever the next Snapdragon Gen 8 1, whatever, whatever okay. is going to be called. See, just old man. I'm just an old man. I, I didn't hear correctly. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. But I guess, um, I guess that's the disappointment in this entire scenario or situation um, that I think a lot of people felt because there, there, there was something very special when OnePlus first came out. And I think, I think a lot of people had a lot of hopes and it's really unfortunate that um, that didn't really meet people's expectations. Uh, But I guess who knows, we'll know what will happen in the future. Um, I would just like to say, uh, Carl Pay, stop. Call me. I'm oh available. my god! Oh my god, Jared! <laughs> oh. I, I, oh my I just, god! We can dating game. Podcast. I am available. You know the, fact, the the thing is, you know, he also tweeted this out, and I was just like, like Derek, what are you? Like, what? Hey, I I I I'm shooting his shot, man. <laughs> exactly. You know, if if he sees my tweet, if he listens to this podcast, Dude, you know. Th- who knows this what'll is, happen? This the AC podcast, not your personal Tinder. Now stop. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, it's a platform. I gotta use it. <laughs> 
Okay, uh, let's take a quick break, guys. Uh, so take a break, grab a drink, and we'll be right back. Hunting down answers to your questions can be rewarding. When it comes to hiring, you don't always have as much time as you'd like to spend finding great candidates with the right skills. That's why there's Indeed, the best hiring partner your team can get. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Because Indeed is the only hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applicants that meet your must-have requirements, or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you'll get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applicants that meet your must-have requirements. In fact, with Instant Match, over 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job post, according to Indeed data. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who only see it in search. The right candidate is doing everything they can to find you. And if you use Indeed, you can be sure you're doing everything you can to find them too. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash ACP. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash ACP to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Again, that's Indeed.com slash ACP. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, we are back and we're going to be talking about another topic which I know is going to rattle Jerry's bones up because he's so irritated by it. (laughs) 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 So basically, basically Google was quietly collecting your messages and phone app data. Um, Why? Wait, wait, wait. uh, Stop. Don't say that word. Let her her get through it. It's not quiet when they tell you they're going to do it. Oh, my goodness. Well, basically, there was a research paper paper that was published by Douglas Leith, a computer science professor at Trinity College in or Trinity College, Dublin, excuse me, uh, basically saying that Google's messages and dialer apps are collecting users communications data without giving them a heads up. Uh, basically, uh, the users also were deprived of a chance to opt out of data collection. Um, so quote from, from, uh, the paper, the data sent by Google messages includes a hash of message text, allowing linking of sender and receiver in a message exchange. The data sent by Google dialer includes the call time and duration, again, allowing linking of the two handsets engaging in a phone call. Um, so, you know, this is kind of, at least when I read it, it was a big deal. But when I was messaging Jerry about it, he got really rattled about it. So, well, okay. what, I, what I think first, everybody first, should okay. do first, 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 maybe Jerry, explain to us the situation here and then tell us why you're rattled by this. Okay. Google is collecting data about your phone calls and your text messages. That is shitty. There's no other way to put it. It's absolute crap for users. On the other hand, 
they never tried to hide the fact and they did say they're going to do it. Does that make it okay? Unfortunately, yeah. I I hate knowing that Google's doing this as, as much as you do. But I also hate seeing headlines like quietly collecting. And I'll I'll call us out here. Go read Android Police. And then oh, go God. back. Don't do <laughs> Jerry. No, wait, wait. Go go read it today and then find that story like in one of those web time machine things and read what it was when everybody jumped on it, when it was, oh my God, the sky's falling. I love what Android Police did here. They rewrote that article, they changed the headline, and now it says basically just a set of facts that a researcher is concerned about the data Google collects and how it's doing it. That's a beautiful story. And we all should be concerned. Fair enough. Fair enough. But you said something that I think is not okay, but also something that this uh, paper sort of addresses. So you were saying, um, you know, Google makes it very abundantly clear that it's doing this. And you know what? Unfortunately, that's okay because they say that they're doing this, but is it okay? Like, I don't think that's okay. One and two, they should be giving an opt-out option for users, and those users should be very you aware do have of this. an and, opt-out option. Yeah, but 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 they're not they're not telling it outright. Like Google needs to be saying that to people. And and here here's the the biggest issue is that Google literally wrote a blog post about this. Okay, about what okay. they were going to do. Okay, but fair enough. They should still be giving an opt-out. You know, they there should is be- an opt-out. Don't sign into an Android phone with your account, (laughs) just like every other smartphone out there. If you don't want Apple to collect, tell them them telemetry and information about you, don't sign into an iPhone or a a Mac computer. If you don't want Microsoft to do it, don't sign into Windows. If you don't want Samsung to do it, don't sign into a Samsung phone. They tell you that up front. Okay, so now here's the other question, though, and this is something that I want to open this up to other people as well. Um, okay, so fair enough. You know, they 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 say that they're collecting. No, wait, I didn't say that's fair. That sucks. That okay. absolutely sucks. <laughs> okay, that is so hardly an option. The fact is that they collect your data, okay, um, and they say that they collect certain data for security and fraud pr- prevention purposes. However, it is it is still very unclear why that data collection would include messages con- message content and call logs. Well, um, Google came back and explained exactly why. The message hash, they need it for messaging sequencing bugs uh, and for verified SMS, which they wrote an entire blog post about how this works and what they were going to do to do it. Uh, phone numbers are collected for uh, pattern matching for one-time passwords. Uh, other data is needed for any phone that can work on Google Fi. And Firebase is for app developer promotion for their own purposes, and there's no personal identifying information in it. Google sucks, came back though. and said all this. It still sucks, dude. Yes, it, that, that's the thing. It sucks to, that if you want to use a piece of technology, you have a huge mega corporation spying on you. But I'm telling you that that's just how it is. And you can't say, well, I'll use this and it won't be. No, because it will be that way. Every company knows that your data is worth a gold mine in one way or another. And is it bad that we can't just 
opt out and click a button that says, no, don't collect my stuff, but I still want to use your product. Yeah. But that's just not how it works. That's never how it's worked. And it's never going to work that way. Uh, and, and I'm going to assume most people listening to this use an Android device. Man, Google keeps track of every single thing you do. Know that ahead of time. And if you dig through all those convoluted mess of things you have to agree to, they tell you. And that's their that's their safety net. Oh, we told you. You should have read it. So, yeah, you know, they did tell us. They did so give we, us a message. Should, I guess the question then is, should we be should we be asking Google to make those points even clearer for the reader or so that they actually read these terms and conditions? I, my personal opinion is you should be forced. They should use that front facing camera and make sure your eyes are on the screen, not let you scroll faster than a human being can read and make you go through every policy and agree to each one individually before you log into a phone. Do you know know how many sales they would lose with that? (laughs) How, how much would we all hate that? But that's, there's no other way because You know what? I I hate agreeing to something that without reading it, but sometimes even I do it because I don't want to read all that shit. I know what it all is telling me. It's telling me, look, we're going to gather, gobble up every bit of data about you. We can, and no, we're not going to sell it for real money. We're going to make money a different way with it. Thanks, dude. Here's your fun stuff. (laughs) That's what they all are saying. Uh, Derek and Andrew, do you guys have any thoughts on this? Um, you know, like like Jerry's saying, like you know they they tell us this, um, you know, and we'll scroll right past it. And then, of course, you know, when something like this comes out, we all want to scream and bits like we care. When um, you know, obviously, we don't care enough to actually read it in the first place. Um, I personally don't care because you know, for kind of the reason that you know Jerry kind of pointed out, like um, you know, we just I. You know, companies have been doing this for, for like ever. You know, this is kind of always how it's been, and I, you know, I've always realized that, and I, I probably should care. You know, all of you should probably care. I personally don't because I know it's happening, and it's just the way that it is. Unfortunately, but now, now say you you don't care, but you do sometimes. I'm gonna assume I you don't I, want I, Google I don't, to know I, your bank I password. I I don't. Well, I don't really care at all. I'm disappointed. You should care a little bit. Oh, I know I should, but I think I've just been like so. I think I've been so. You know, listen. Desensitized by it all. That's what I was going to say. I think I think that's where where Derek's coming from because it's 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 also saying like if you don't want to be tracked, if you don't want you know things to happen to you, if you don't want your information to be collected, then you literally have to not be online because the minute you go online your information's out there. The minute you log onto anywhere, there's some form of tracking available on you. And so if you that's if you what truly, we should be outraged about. Of course, 100%. But if you truly, truly, truly had an issue with this, then you wouldn't be online in the first place. And I think yeah, where Derek's coming from. You wouldn't be on from, Facebook. You wouldn't be on Twitter. Exactly, you be exactly. Using, you know, I wouldn't have all these smart products around my home. You and know. and I, think, I think the takeaway from this is, in, yeah, we should care, but more so than caring is we should be caring about what information we're putting out in the internet. And we should care and we should pay attention. And exactly. Like if you do care, then yeah, pay attention. And I think that desensitization of how we feel about being online is so 
strong. And it really irks me that Google is probably the biggest offender, but all tech companies, they use that desensitization. I can't even say the word. Desensitization. <laughs> they, they use that to their advantage. Mm-hmm. They know they know that you're just going to agree to whatever so you can use that fancy new gadget you bought. Yeah, it's true. And it's kind of, it's, it's kind of unfortunate, but. And I, I hate to know that, you know, Google has a, a, one of my messages in the cloud that if somebody really, really wanted to, based on the date and timestamp, they could break the encryption if they were willing to spend the time and money to do it just to find out that, I ordered extra pepperoni on my last pizza hut. <laughs> I, but I, I, I see, hate and that. I think, and I think, yeah, I, I see why, like, I, and I totally get why you hate that. See, again, your example is exactly what I don't care about. If someone wants to know what I ordered on my last pizza, go ahead. You know, I, it just doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Well, what does matter to some of our readers <laughs> going into our next topic very smoothly, as I think I did there, is, um, you know, the type of phone that they're holding on to. Derek, you did a great poll. Uh, I know. Yeah. Okay. Calm down. (laughs) You did a fantastic poll five days ago. So, so good that 15,000 people reacted to it, which is uh, very impressive. But the question that you posed to our readers was, what brand is your current Android smartphone? And, um, you know, I want to kind of go back to the beginning of our conversation where I think it was Andrew who pointed out that Apple or Samsung is the Apple of the Android world uh, because everyone had that phone. If you think of an app of an Android device, the first device that comes to your head is Samsung. Uh, And we, when we, did our poll that sort of came out to be true. I mean, it, it, it's pretty not surprising. Samsung was number one on that list with 41% of our readers owning a Samsung phone. And that's the current phone that they're using. Uh, second place, which I'm actually kind of surprised, was Google. I think that's kind of interesting considering how little marketing they've done with their phones and the number of countries that their phones are in. I think it's kind of interesting, but Google came in second with 28%. Uh, and then in third place was OnePlus with 10%. And then we go down with Xiaomi, Motorola, LG, Oppo, and Vivo. But we'll, we can get into those other brands later. Uh, but what are your thoughts on this? Are we surprised um, by the, the lineup that we have here? Uh, I'll just throw it out there. Whoever wants to start can start. No, I'm not surprised because we're an Android enthusiast website. <laughs> and that's why you see more than Samsung. That's why Google and OnePlus are on that list. Yeah. Um, you know, again, like like you said, Drew, that, you know, Google doesn't, you know, the Pixel isn't like exactly everywhere. Um, but, you know, as far as like our site and the people who are reading our site, um, it kind of wasn't, you know, the fact that Google was second place wasn't, too much of a surprise. I mean, they recently said in their um, what Q4 earnings that they had record sales of the Pixel, which you know, whatever that means. Um, but obviously, more people are picking up the Pixel. Um, as for OnePlus, I mean, the OnePlus Nine was a great phone. Um, so, and it's like one of the few Android manufacturers that is making flagships. You know, that you can buy in a carrier store in the U.S. So. Um, that kind of doesn't surprise me there either. 
Is there anything on this list that that you were surprised by? I mean, in the comments, um, a lot of people were talking about like Asus um, and like their ROG phones or whatever else phones that they have. Um, I, that kind of surprised me. Um, you know, it wasn't on the list, but at least a lot of comments were talking about Asus. Um, so that was definitely a surprise to me. I mean, there were some LG people on the. It, I knew you were just laugh. Say that. You that, would be Andrew? excited about okay. that. You I, would be. Okay, yes. Uh, disclaimer I am a former, somewhat current LG enthusiast. I still am holding on to the LG Wing. Um, but, and that's why I added them to the list because there are people who still talk about like owning the LG V60 and how great of a phone that is. Um, so yes, I threw them on the list because they've only been out of the you know out of the market for like, sure. like less than a year. Barely. Um, yeah, so um, you know that was nice to see that there were some LG people still out there. Oh, you know what surprised me? Not that they made a, a presence, but Oppo and Vivo because we are so North America focused. Uh. I, well, I know we, we write well, a lot of content ex- for India. To an extent. Yeah, I was going to say to an extent, because we do have a large population coming in from India. And, you know, I, I think that's probably the readers that voted for those. But, I, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, we, we predominantly do focus on North American products. Um, Definitely. Although those are, you know, some big companies, too. That, so, that, you know, totally. I, that's kind of why. Mean, I would love to see them bring their products to the United States. Oh, definitely. I would love the the op with the Find X5 Pro. Like that looks like a yeah, beautiful no phone. doubt, man. And, and Xiaomi's phones too. Yeah. Like, oh gosh, I I really would love to have those phones in the U.S. I also do realize that I did not include Nokia in that list, which yeah. is funny. Which is funny to me because I, for like since I was like twelve years old, was like a huge Nokia. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, me too. Like I, like I would literally be watching like a movie or like a music video, and I would like I would see a Nokia phone, and I would point <laughs> out the specific model number. I used to go every like almost every day to the mall to this Nokia Experience Center to play with their phones. Like I, like when my friends saw anything Nokia related, they would come to me because like I, I was that. That's, that's was that insane. your first? Was that your first smartphone? Because that it, was my first. It, it smartphone. was my first phone and smartphone, or no, my actually, first phone yeah, rather, not smartphone. It was yeah. like first phone and first smartphone but um yeah i just find it interesting that i didn't include them and that that i forgot to include them basically because like honestly nokia just hasn't done anything interesting that made me even consider thinking about them let's talk about that for a minute what what makes you a fan of a particular brand of product because i i don't care about any of these companies i cannot talk in this one because my brand is Apple and I, I will get I mean, shot. <laughs> for me, it was just, I mean, specifically with, you know, my love for Nokia came from, I think when I first saw the Nokia N90 and like their N series phones were just like, you know, this was back in a time where, yeah, as Michael Fisher would call it, you know, back when phones were fun. Um, I, I I think the N9 was probably the best smartphone ever made. Like the the like I the first yeah the first Nokia phone I like became obsessed with obsessed with was the N90 just because it was like that right. interesting like camcorder whatever <laughs> yeah. and Nokia was doing such interesting like designs and 
form factors and i was just like okay okay like you know no one else is doing it like nokia like See, and that's kind of why i became such a fan because like from there they had the n93i which you know was featured in that the tra- the first transformers movie and i remember specifically when the guy like made some reference to nokia being japanese and i immediately like yelled in the theater like no it's finished <laughs> <laughs> like to the point where i didn't even hear the, the next character say that isn't nokia finished like so like I like I I was such a diehard Nokia, but like uh, again these days Nokia isn't just doing anything interesting. So Derek, I kind of lost it's, that. It's really interesting to hear you speak about why you like that brand was your was was why you liked it because of you know the the ingenuity that it came up with the designs and the structure and everything. I I feel like for a lot of people, and I would include myself in this category, is it's the community that's that's created around that specific device. Like, um, you know, before I, I, I mean, I, I am an iPhone user now, but before I did have, um, Android devices, I did have a Blackberry and I, I like, it was all about the community. Like I felt like when I had a Blackberry, I felt part of a very exclusive community that had mm. that Blackberry device. And now, I mean, I am part of the iPhone cult, but again, with that, that, group like yeah we're locked in but it feels like i'm part of a community that all have the yeah, well, same you're phone. not you're well, not i know I, unfortunately i'm not i know but but <laughs> i want to go in back the community with you i thank you thank you but i want to go back to that like feeling of like you know and especially i think blackberry did a, a very good job and i think OnePlus did a good job with that too where they were able to create this like community fan base and i think that's sort of why some people might like a specific device and always stay to that device until right and and i mean and you you have that experience with lg like you yeah, love well, that kind phone of. I, right you know, lg wasn't very good at it um i think they tried to they like you know they were really focused on like the the creator community i feel like they were because like you know when they introduced the v30 you know it was all about mm-hmm. the video features and like how you can create you know these awesome videos on your from your phone um, and I felt like they were speaking to me, but they kind of fell by the wayside when it came to like their community engagements, part- particularly in the U.S. So I didn't get that from them, um, but I still at least like felt that they were trying to cater to me and my little niche community um, as best they could. Interesting, because I'm the exact opposite. I I don't I jumped around a lot and have tried everything out there, but I settled on Android because you don't have to stick with any single community in little air quotes. Uh, I can grab a phone made by anybody, and if it runs Android, all my shit is there. Mm, I hated being locked into Apple. I hated being locked into the old BlackBerry. I absolutely hated it because Mm. I want to use what works best for me and what is Mm -hmm. priced right. I don't care whose name is on the back. Totally. No, that makes sense. And, and you, I mean, you make a good point that like you don't have to stick to the community. But again, the thing about Android is that you have these communities that if you want to stick to one, you can. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you can go elsewhere and still have still be Android, but still have like a right. different sort of community. And I wasn't putting you all down. I was just curious oh, no. because oh, I yeah, have never, course. never been understand, never, never been able to understand why people care so much about a company that doesn't care about them i'm just a brand enthusiast like i'm i'm the like i love camrys like 
I like my, my dream Camry? first. Yes, my dream first car, which is my first car, which I just got like months ago. It was a Toyota Camry. Like well, they're I, very like, good cars. But like they they're very reliable. Car. Like I love Jif peanut butter. Um, like I'm I'm very I'm, brand I'm done loyalist. With you. Me and my Peter Pan <laughs> are just we're out of here. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm, that's just me. I'm just a brand loyalist. Okay, okay, brand loyalist. Got it. We got it. <laughs> I don't have like a necess- necessarily a brand loyalty, but like in t- talking in terms of the community, what really got me into like what really got me into both smartphones in general was jailbreaking and rooting back in the day. Ah. Like my my graduation present from high school was an iPod Touch, and that night it was jailbroken with an and and I installed an app store so I could play games on it because it didn't have an please, app store at the time. Please well, tell me a lot you like had Carl a, Pay. Please tell me you had a Palm Pre for a while, Andrew. That's before before my time, buddy. Oh man, you would have loved it. Yeah, he's a child. <laughs> Easy old man, um, but like I didn't feel like a brand affinity with even with Android until. The Nexus Four, I loved that phone to pieces until the M the M the M Seven came out the HTC One M Seven, but it wasn't like a community towards devices. It was what's going to be easiest and least like the least amount of pain in the rear to to root and rom this stuff and spend hours on XDA and just find and install. And break and re-break and fix and break again just to try different flavors of what the like the rooting community was working mm. on. That's what really got me into all this stuff. And now I'm mainly just an iPhone and Pixel and Samsung guy. <laughs> I, Fair enough. I, I went through all that when we had to. I, nobody's going to tell me I can't use my phone as a hotspot or I can't watch a movie yeah. because of DRM. Well, screw you. I'm gonna figure out a way to do it. But now we don't have to do that anymore. So, luckily, I don't have to fool with it. Yeah. At too many hours were spent breaking stuff just to try and fix fix it, and then wipe the phone to do it again later on. Yep. Well, on that note of trying to fix things, uh, I really want to <laughs> talk about the Galaxy Watch Four. Uh, Jerry, you wrote a fantastic editorial. Uh, it was published yesterday, uh, and if you haven't read it, please make sure you do. It's called "Despite Its Commercial Success, the Galaxy Watch 4 Was a Flop." Womp womp. After all, um, and the fact of the matter is that the Galaxy Watch 4 wasn't able to make Wear OS a must-have. And actually, today there was a follow-up to this article written by Chris Waddell uh, and talking about um, Wear OS's apps and how, you know, there's just a lot of problems with this watch and Wear OS. So uh, I don't think there's any problems with the watch. It's another of those Samsung products that is just beautifully built and, and works really well. Okay, so tell, I, us, I, tell us why it flopped, though. Google. <laughs> Wear, Wear OS 3, it's just, an, there's no... I used an example that got me in a lot of hot water on Twitter. Apparently now I'm at Apple Shill. But if you buy a new iPhone, you're probably excited about the idea of buying an Apple Watch to go with it. Totally. Okay, if you buy a new Android phone, you know, the 2 billion people that are doing that, they don't care about going and buying a Wear OS watch. This was the last chance for Google to try to put some of that mojo in there and it failed. I think that's such a problem, though. I, and, you know, and you obviously address that in your article. I think it's such a big problem because 
there's a huge difference between someone getting an iPhone, getting excited and hyped about buying a watch because they know it's seamlessly going to work versus a person buying a Samsung. And what is their first thought after getting a Samsung phone? Like they're not, are they thinking, well, oh, I want to get. Maybe a couple years ago, they thought about getting a Samsung watch. But with Samsung having exited that market in favor of this market, I think they shot themselves in the foot. I I feel like to an extent, like that that's true. Um, I, I feel like the average consumer, like if they're presented with, you know, if a new Samsung phone and then they're like, hey, you can get the Samsung watch as well. You know, it's going to be somewhat tempting. It's but it's not going to be the same level as obviously like an iPhone and, and an uh, Apple watch. Um, but I like, you know, at least the brand, um, the whole brand thing like that will be tempting because it's the same brand. So you assume it's going to, you know, work similarly to how, you know, an iPhone and Apple watch work. The, the problem is though, Samsung is the only one with that. OnePlus has a smartwatch, but like, who cares? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. You know, LG obviously isn't around anymore. Uh, Motorola has a smartwatch, but again, who cares? They're, you know, those aren't even using right. Wear OS. Samsung was the company that had to be able to do it. Right. And it didn't happen. And this wasn't Samsung's fault. This was more of Google. There's there's no, I mean, fitness aside, and maybe I have a unique perspective because I can't take advantage of any of the fitness stuff because I'm in a wheelchair. Some days it tells me I've got 888 steps, which has to be a bug. Other days it tells me I've had two steps where really I've had none, zero steps. Uh, outside of fitness, there's no, nothing about Android Wear that just says, oh, you got to have this. Yeah. So I don't think it's necessarily done for good, though. I think I think Google still has a chance. Samsung flopped. The Galaxy Watch 4 and, and, and Watch 4 Classic are just... Samsung watches with some added Google functionality compared to last year, like the last gen. And it, you still can't use Google assistant as far as I'm aware at the moment, no, which, is, which is Coming stupid because it's been this summer, whatever <laughs> I, what I, I think it was a couple weeks ago and I don't remember if it was Derek or somebody else, but on the podcast, they were talking, you guys were talking about um, Fitbit's next watch. And I think yes, that yes, I think I Fitbit's remember. next watch, if it's actually running wear OS, and it has all the Fitbit integrations, meaning you can do all your competitions and everything like that. Fitbit's big enough of a brand to make it make. I'm not saying it's going to save the wearable division for Google, but I think it could make enough of an impact where it we don't feel the way that we do currently about the platform. Well, I mean, fitness is the obvious first place to start. Because, I'm not even saying know, just from like a fitness thing because they have their whole watch face store and you can yeah it's not it's not as built out as Wear OS offers but it's still I've seen people with different Fitbits who customize their 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 watch faces based on what they need and what's available. But if you bring a Fitbit with Wear OS compatibility, that unlocks all of the different customization and personalization options that are available in the in the Play Store. The other aspect too, I mean, is that Fitbit has it comes with their own like massive community. So that right. probably back, helps. Yeah, as well. back to that community thing, which sells products. Yeah. Right. Which is why I think that it's not dead yet. I just think that if but if Fitbit's if they screw the hardware up, then it's just done. I I really um maybe I'm skeptical. I don't think Google and Fitbit 
are going to be the company that can relaunch or save a platform. No, no I agree. I do think that Google um, needs to. Like the thing is that this shouldn't have just been a Samsung thing. And I think we had an article about this. Um, I think Chris Waddell wrote it um, or someone, but this shouldn't have like where OS three should, should have gone to like all the OEMs. Like yeah. the fact that it's just Samsung is but, what makes it a problem but, because but, no, but hmm. I think, and I wrote this article, I think it was last week. We know why Google did this. Google likes to partner with Android yeah. or oh, rather yes, with yes. Samsung no, because it's, that. Right? It's the largest Android manufacturer. I, I, they test totally a bunch of things with that. Samsung. You know, it but makes sense. why wait? But why wait well, when this this is already coming? Why announce it and then br- give it to Samsung and then make everyone Because I don't oh, why, Especially why? Fossil, who like, listen, you know, Fossil was pretty much the company that kind of, you know, at least made Wear OS somewhat tolerable for years. I, I think it's because, I think it's because they Google knows exactly what problem it has and it Apparently needs not. to test <laughs> it out enough with enough people before rolling it out to other manufacturers. But it's not even the same interface. It the Wear OS, the screenshots that were shared in the whatever this week or last week or whatever, like it's not even the same interface. So it's not it doesn't look anything it's the interface Samsung wants to give it now or the interface Motorola wants. That was how Android phones became popular and Google's banking on that working with the Wear OS platform. And it right, probably and will. sweet ass time to do it. Now, wait, <laughs> let's, let's back up a second. And this is just a what if, because we don't know. What if Google asked a bunch of OEMs if they wanted to partner and they all said no, except Samsung. Uh, you said Fossil. I don't think there's any reason that they can't launch a watch with Wear OS 3. They've had a year. They've had a year. Why haven't they done it yet? Um, because, well, I don't know if I can really say it, but you're not sure. If you, if you can't, can't say it, I, know, I apologize. All, for pushing all I can say it. is that this was just a Samsung thing. Like, apparently, this, like, this is like, I feel like Samsung, I, I, I just don't believe that Samsung is the only company willing to go Wear OS, especially because they haven't been Wear OS previously. No, no, they're not. Because we know, and I'm not going to go too in deep if you want. I think we've written about this or not. I can't, and I, I just don't want to get anyone in trouble. But I thought we, know, we did. That's why I brought this up. I'm, yeah, I no, apologize. We, no, it's fine. But we know that there are other companies that, you know, <laughs> wanted to do it, but... You know, they they did it. But again, Fossil has <laughs> talked about, you know, they're excited to get Wear OS 3. Without naming names, I also know there are other companies that did not want to do it. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Let, exactly. Let, let Samsung Fossil, deal I mean, with the headache. But again, from what, you know, Fossil has said publicly, you know, they, they seem they seem very excited to, ha- you know, to finally get Wear OS 3. So I doubt that they would have said no. Um, it just, I don't know. It just kind of Okay, what about me Capable? There's only two or three companies I could think of that are capable of launching this product with Google providing a back end, And the most natural one to come to mind is Samsung. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't, and I'm sorry if you're a, a fan of fossil watches like Derek is, I don't think fossil has the software development team to take a back end and framework of an operating system. I mean, true, and but build then Google buy their it. team. I, I don't know. 
I feel like I, I don't I, know I that. I think Google like bought their R and D team, and that's probably why. But but I, in, in any case, I think Samsung was the natural choice here because of their market share in the phone space, if for nothing else. And I, I think that you know this did not meet expectations at all, and it's a hundred percent on Google. I know a lot of people think that I don't like the Galaxy Watch Four. I don't like smartwatches at all. I have no use for them, but I wear the Galaxy Watch 4 every day because I do like to wear a watch, and it's a nice watch. It tells the time very well. It looks good. It feels good. It's a great product <laughs> held back imagine, by software. Can you imagine if it didn't tell the time well? <laughs> also, I am I am curious because, um, Jerry, you were saying, you know, aside from fitness, and, and I kept hearing that from you, what, like, that makes me think, like, you know, whether it's Wear OS or an Apple Watch, why do people buy smartwatches? I, I don't know. That's I, 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 I can I can give you an answer for that. Specifically for the Apple Watch, um, it's it's a status thing, right? Like there are people who wear Apple Watches, and even if their battery dies, they keep their watch on because they know that someone's going to see you know, them with an Apple Watch. I it's a took that thing. paragraph out of my article because I didn't want to say that and sound like I'm preaching down on people. But hey, you're absolutely listen, right. Listen, I have an Apple Watch. I'm wearing one right now. I like when it dies, I still wear my Apple Watch. Like And and Derek, to answer your question, I I tried to think. I mean, my mind went, okay, payments. Well, my phone's in my damn pocket. If I want to use, you know, Google Pay, it's easier to use on my phone. Uh you know, check the weather forecast. Well, that's easier on my phone. Uh notifications a uh, weird story. There was one point in, and everybody that worked here, we were in a meeting with Kevin Mitchelluck, who used to run the company. And he said, if he catches you with your phone out, he's going to just, you know, give you hell. Uh, this is when Android wear first came out. And there were a couple of us there with watches and we got to see our notifications. It was very handy there because, if you know Kevin, you know some of those meetings can be hours and hours, and we're <laughs> thirsty at the end. So that was very situational. It's useful. There needs to be a hook, whether it's status or something. I mean, like for me, like I, for me, I think the the draw for a smartwatch was primarily fitness, because like yes, if I'm gonna go out, like because I didn't buy one until. Um, the pandemic happened and I was, you know, forced to just work out at home, which I hate. Um, but, you know, there were times, like, I didn't want to go out on a run and bring my smartphone with me. So I was like, all right, well, smartwatch. Um, you know, so even the, like, that kind of ties into like the whole notification thing, like if I get a call or text or whatnot, um, but it still was primarily for fitness. Yeah, and then, I absolutely on the off chance, the I have had this. one person at the gym come up to me and be like hey what what watch is that like oh like you know and that 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 kind of made me feel very like apple watch-esque like oh, <laughs> but, but that's the thing <sighs> that that is a prime a primarily a big reason for why most people get a smart watch it is for the fitness aspect like i got mine because of the fitness aspect uh aside from that i love the 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 notifications i get it's seamless everything works well i think i mentioned on another podcast like uh, a couple weeks ago we were talking about the uh, galaxy watch 4 i like controlling my music on my apple watch it works really well um i but i do think that the driving force 
that a lot of people get a smartwatch is for the fitness aspect. But there are also those, um, I, I'm not a fitness person. I'm just a fat guy in an apartment <laughs> who, doesn't, say that. who doesn't like going, you know, doesn't like going for runs or walks or working out or well, anything like know, that. Well, you know, fishing My, is a sport and exercise now. Yeah, it's just now getting warm enough where I'm itching to fish. Yeah. fish. But um, the biggest reason why I still like wearing my Apple Watch, even if my primary SIM card is in my, you know, Galaxy Fold or whatever, is because of how it works with my MacBook and my iPhone and my AirPods. and The ecosystem. Like, exactly. Like, all I have to do is, you know, if my if my watch is near my MacBook, I press the space bar on my keyboard and I'm unlocked. I don't have to do anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, and then they added all the, the uh, like, the mask stuff. Before they added the mask stuff, it was you can unlock your iPhone with your watch, if, with your yep. watch and now it's yep. the the mask stuff. But like yep. that's my primary reason for wanting to wear my Apple Watch. Now I'm not like Shruti. When it dies or if I know it's about to die, it goes on the <laughs> charger where it belongs. Well, until... a lot of the times, a lot of the times when that happens to me, it's because I'm out, so I can't put it in a charger. But um, when I'm at home, I usually put it in a charger. <laughs> T- tell yes. us what kind of strap you have for your Apple Watch. Just curious. I have the stainless steel one, or what type with a Milanese loop thingy. Okay, fancy. Thank you. Well, no, I was hoping it wasn't one of those Amazon shiny rhinestone bling bling. Oh God, look no. at me, no, things. No, I have the, style. The sport loop. I got some style, please. <laughs> no. Yeah, see, I, I don't wear a watch for anybody but me. Yeah. I usually wear a long sleeve shirt because I have some regrets tattooed all over my arms. Uh, so I just wear a long sleeve shirt. When, hey, if you've got <laughs> tattoos, tattoos. <laughs> when you get old, you might have some regrets. I'm just saying. Uh, so I don't, I don't care if other people know it's there. I, I just like to wear a watch and I would be just as happy wearing a nice, you know, automatic or an old Casio digital watch. I like to wear a watch. Uh, this is a good watch. It's just held back on the Google side of things. There's nothing more Samsung can do. There needs to be a reason where everybody says, oh, I got to have one of those. And that's up to right. Google to figure out. Right. Yeah, it needs, it needs, you know, that ecosystem because I still, I still feel like Wear OS is still kind of disparate. Like it's not really connected it's not to there everything yet. else. Like maybe yeah. on Samsung's product, sure, there's a little bit more, but Google itself, like I feel like hasn't really made that, made Wear OS like uh, interesting enough. Like it's not, it's, it's still not, I f- it's not connected. Just like, give me my disconnect damn from watch already. And everything else. Also, I will add one thing. Like, okay, I, I didn't. Again, I mentioned. I mentioned this before. I got the watch for the fitness aspect of it all. Yes, okay, I have a nice band. That's because I like to pair it with my clothes. Whatever, all of that's fine. The thing that I also like about this watch, and what I actually don't like about the Galaxy watches, I, I don't like that it the galaxy watch is round and it oh, no, i feel girl. like it's i feel like it's too girl. big for me for my small like my wrist is small i feel like it wouldn't look good on me see i <laughs> love that it's round like i just i just like that it like you know it resembles somewhat like an actual watch like i don't i don't mm, like yeah. the whole smart watch look of mm-hmm. a square watch like i i want my watch to look like a watch well but apple has programmed people into believing that a rectangular watch is better 
Oh, but I've had rectangular watches before and I've liked them. I'm just teasing you. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Okay. A question though. In Samsung's last briefing or not briefing, their presentation, the unpacked presentation where they announced the Galaxy S22, were all of their presenters wearing a Galaxy watch for? Hell, I don't know. I don't know. Do you guys know. remember? And I, I bring this up because if you watch any one of Apple's presentations, yeah. every single freaking person is wearing an Apple Watch. And it's and almost you actually, like— you you definitely notice that they're wearing an Apple yeah, Watch. Yeah, it's not even like a—it's not a subtle band. They make it like a bright band that people yeah, Tim notice. Tim Cook was wearing the, the yellow, the Big Bird band at the last event, I think. Exactly, exactly. Like, there there's another reason for why— that watch does so well because it's almost like they're like force feeding it on users to be like, look at this watch, look at this watch, look at this watch. And then you get, I don't know, what is it? Brainwashed to thinking, Oh, I need that watch. See, I I don't want Google and Samsung to go that far, but I do want to see a reason where, you know, we're all tech enthusiasts with a limited amount of disposable income. So, you know, it's natural that we're going to have a smartwatch because it's a gadget. But most people aren't that way. They they have a phone because they need a phone. If they could find a way to make it so a watch is something you need and not gouge people on the price, of course, mm-hmm. uh, I think that would be that that's what Wear OS needs. Yeah, we we definitely need more affordable Wear OS smartwatches. Like the premium is cool. Obviously, that's necessary, but we need it to be affordable too. They gotta, they gotta fix it first before they can start downsizing the software. <laughs> oh no, no, no! Of course, but like, um, you know, like I don't know, like we have, you know, in the future, there, like I'm Qualcomm. Just, I'm just giving you crap. That's all. <laughs> I'm just saying, like you know, Qualcomm. You know, if they're coming out with a new chipset, that's great. You know, the the Snapdragon Wear 4100 is like two years old now almost, I feel like. So, you know, that could be like, you know, and it still runs Wear OS very well. So that could be maybe used for like future, um, you know, affordable Wear OS watches. But I do think that's something that the, the you know, I'm not, you know, P, unless you're an enthusiast, you're not going to want to pay top dollar for a Wear OS smartwatch. So we need like that needs to be something like we need something affordable. All right, so uh, affordable and please fix Wear OS. (laughs) Okay, on that note, uh, I'm going to end our conversation here. But before uh, we leave, I obviously want to go around the table and ask you guys what made you happy this week uh, that was not work-related. So, uh, Jerry, do you want to go first? Yeah, uh, I I grew up in Florida and I'm not used to a skyline full of dead skeleton trees for four months of the year. And it's always really nice inside when they start to turn green again. And that's what time of, you know, that's what time of year it is around here on the side of the mountain. You're starting to see buds come out on the trees and soon we'll see like cherry blossoms and apple blossoms. And this is always my favorite part of the year, seeing it come back to life. And I was out uh, on the porch night before last with my wife having dinner and we saw that there's this huge mulberry tree back there and we saw all the buds coming out in the leaves and or out in the branches and we're like yep it's springtime and that just made me feel good inside 
God damn it, Jerry. You only have like four months of winter. I'm suffering with eight over here. Yeah, that's <laughs> geography. <laughs> I know. All right. Uh, Derek, tell me what made you happy this week? I think because uh, I was recently going through some uh, problems securing um, my meds uh, that I take, which, you know, essentially keep me alive. Um, and I was almost going to have to pay like a, probably like $3,000, you know, for a month's worth of meds, which, you know, cause my insurance wasn't covering it, which was like, whatever, that's our healthcare system. But, um, I managed to get it figured out rel- like relatively to the point where I didn't have to pay 3000, but I had to pay $1,200 for my meds. So it's still not ideal, but I still got them. And, you know, I can continue to live for another, you know, another and month. And we want you to live. We want you to live. <laughs> so I think, you know, it's it's not, you know, a perfect situation. It's not an ideal situation that I want to be in. But I'm just glad that I got it figured out and that, you know, I'm still here. And We are happy to hear that. We yeah, are very I'm, happy and I'm sorry that. you had to go through that, man. That sucks. Yeah, I've it been sucks. there. It sucks. Um, you know, and I've been, you know, it, <laughs> it, it's something I've never really had to deal with before. So it just like you know it was is so confusing but uh, yeah again i'm glad i got it figured out and i'm also glad that you're back with us jerry yeah we're Aww. so happy yeah we missed you jerry oh i had a nice week on the demerol train and i mean <laughs> oh, you, you you came back and you hit the ground running so or well, relatively <laughs> yeah i'm i'm still i'm, I'm gonna admit i'm slow and broad. you hit the ground rolling yeah hit the ground rolling i like that <laughs> Okay, um, Andrew, what made you happy this week? Yeah, I know you said it's not work related, but um, you're not the it's boss of me. It's work related. It's work related. You're not the boss of me. As Shruti mentioned in the beginning, it's my first week as a full timer here at AC. I have been freelancer for God, not as long as Jerry, but long uh, enough to know better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know uh, about. Three or four years before I joined, I think something um, like that. Yeah, yeah, I came on. Yeah, I came on a long time. Russell brought me on. Um, but yeah, it's my first full week. I'm still navigating everything, trying to redo my or reprogram my brain compared to what I was used used to be doing. But yeah, that's what's. Oh, and I went to a Caps game for my wife's birthday on oh, Tuesday. They win? Uh, no, but we sat in the section like 102 and it was, we were like 15 rows off the ice and it was pretty awesome. That's amazing. Oh, so this is hockey. And yes, you know, this is hockey. All right. Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm still I'll, learning sports. I will <laughs> let it slide that you said that it was your first week as a full timer. I think that's a very fair thing to be happy about. And we are very happy that you are on full time with us as well. Yes. The you more are. people we hire, the less I have to work. Hire about 10 more and I'll just show up. No, you won't. No, you won't. You're not going anywhere. I will drive out to West Virginia. You're not that far. I know. We got to go fishing, man. We do. I got to come out and see you. Yeah, the the trout are biting out here like crazy. Stop. Stop. (laughs) Stop. I can't. Okay. uh, And what made me happy this week was, um, I guess, uh, three things. One, Jerry, I am also equally happy to have you back. Oh, stop. We, we we missed you, man. You're you're like the 
You're like our our favorite person on this team, dude. We missed don't, you. Don't yeah, besides my, me. Uh, don't hold yes. my head up like that because <laughs> not including you. You're you're, you're separate, Derek. <laughs> yeah, you're separate, Derek. You're my boo. Um, you're not my boo. <laughs> uh, that was one. Uh, the second thing, again, like Jerry mentioned, um, I live in Toronto, and we have crazy weathers like you know on one day it'll be like hailing and snowing and then the next day it'll be like a perfect spring day but we did have a recent perfect spring day and it was just so oh it was nice it was nice to have some sun and it wasn't super cold so you know that was something I was very grateful for uh and then the last thing which I think um and I just I just want everyone to be reminded that everything is still different with COVID. But um, Ontario just lifted our mask mandate, uh, which was very scary for me because I'm still I'm not fully comfortable with not wearing a mask. I still wear it, but um, there's still a lot of people still wearing a mask. And what makes me happy is that no one has harassed me for keeping my mask on. And I think that is a testament to everyone's kindness in respecting everyone's decision. And that just is me telling everyone, respect everyone's decisions, guys, whether they're wearing a mask or not. We're still living with COVID, but it's nice to not be harassed. So that's something that makes me happy. But um, apart from that, thank you so much for listening again. Thank you for taking the time and spending it with us. And we will definitely catch you next week. Bye, guys. Adios. Bye. Later.